0: Welcome back, baseball family. This week, we're going to get into some free agent stuff. We're also going to talk about award finalists. And then we're going to talk to the banana man himself, Jesse Cole. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome back, baseball family, to another episode of the Baseball Together podcast. This constitutes One of the first of this off-season. We are thrilled to be here, not live. It's very exciting, actually. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you sitting around hoping we're live, we're not. Sorry about that. Brad, how are you tonight?
1: I'm actually doing very well. And, and, you know, one of the reasons I actually like that we're not live is the fact that we get to do this interview. Because... I don't know how many people, I don't know how many people we could actually get to do the interviews live, you know?
0: Yeah. Just in case. Actually, for sure. I hadn't thought about that. I've never even considered doing an interview live. Me neither Uh, until just now. We should do that, actually. Let's talk about that. Anyway, baseball family, before (laughs) we get to our very exciting interview with Jesse Cole, he is the owner of the Savannah Bananas, president of all things awesome. Um, We have some current events that we have to get to. We're not even sad because they're great. All right, They are great and outstanding. First things first. The Miami Marlins have made history yet again. And this is one of the most wonderful things about the way Major League Baseball is moving amid all of the changes that are occurring. This is fabulous. Caroline O'Connor now joins Kim Ng in the the Marlins organization (laughs) and makes history uh, as the first team of women to fully lead an organization in baseball history. So, in 2020, Kim Ng became the general manager of the Miami Marlins. Now, O'Connor, Caroline O'Connor, becomes the he, she's the president of operations, of business operations, which okay. effectively is the CEO. Okay? Okay. I didn't so, realize that. That makes sense. Yeah, so she is... Um, they're the first team of women, the first duo to be at the top of the tippy top in a major league baseball organization. That's awesome. Caroline O'Connor's not the first woman to be uh, have a presidential role in major league baseball. Seattle holds that honor as a matter of fact when they hired Katie Griggs to a role as president of and but this is the first time that a, a team of women have done it together. Mm. Um, Caroline O'Connor was hired by Derek Jeter in 2017 as a senior vice president of something or other. Then she became the chief of staff and was promoted. That was in 2019. She became the chief operating officer. So, and here we are. Very and cool. She's now tippy top. It's
1: awesome. It is awesome. I think it's really exciting. Um, I th- I think it it's co- it's going to be cool to see things are run from a different perspective. Because point things in Miami haven't wor- really worked, right? Right. Like they kind of got a little, they kind of got hot for long enough in 2020 and made the playoffs. And that's actually the first time they playoffs and not won the world series. Um, but I think you bring in a different perspective, a different philosophy th- from, I guess you could call it the old boys club, right? Right. From before with the way things have always been done. We saw it in Moneyball the weird things that the scouts would look for in in players and i fully believe that those were things because there's a thing like we talked about before quarterback face was a thing right, right. Yes. and maybe continues to be i don't know but that was the kind of thing those old scouts did and i feel like having a different perspective in the in the front office and a different perspective on analytics and things like that can go a long way towards kind of mixing things up and i think that could be really
0: good not just for the marlins but for baseball as well I agree. And as the father of a very bright, very energetic little girl, I think it's amazing that these things are happening in the world. Forget mm-hmm. baseball. Just that these things are happening in the world right now, giving her, you know, the the ceiling just keeps going up and up and up on what is possible for women in the world of sports and yeah. all, you know, in other places as well. So, very exciting. Congratulations to Caroline O'Connor. We got you. We're on, we're on your team. Okay. Yeah. Um the Aaron judge has not yet signed with anybody and that's all you need to know about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's free agency in a nutshell. Okay. Move on. Yeah. And we can no. now guess he called. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is, there have been other movements on the hot stove, but Aaron judge has not signed anywhere. I know everybody's sitting around waiting. It'll probably be at the last minute that we'll see it just because of the majesty, the pageantry, some of the drama, to unfold why would they not want to get as much of that as possible
1: right and that's one thing that does drive me crazy about free agency is that like especially guys and i don't know who i don't know who aaron judge's agent is you know i don't know if he's a boris guy or not but like all the boris Boris guys they like legitimately wait until like the last minute before spring training or even like two weeks into spring training to sign because they want to get the last dollar they can out of every possible deal and they're like okay it's not going to go up from there now we'll take it and we'll report that's one thing that drives me nuts about spring training is that some of these guys are going to sit and they're going to wait that they're going to be like you're giving me x amount well i want y any takers on y they're going to let that bidding go as long as it can and i know you can't put like a cap on it and be like guys have to be signed by february 2nd Right, because yeah. you're always signing guys and you're always signing new guys during spring training. Everything like that I understand can't do that, but I don't know if I'm not. I don't know. I think it would help jersey sales too if if guys were somewhere in like January.
0: Oh yeah, you know, yeah, producing them on their way into spring training for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I go to the team store, right? Yeah. When I, I even if I'm not going to buy any buy anything, I go to a spring training game. I go to the team store just to see what they have. Totally. And if the Mariners signed Aaron Judge and I go to a spring training game on February 28th, I'm going to buy an Aaron Judge jersey.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: I'm not going to buy one probably during the season because I don't want to order it off of Fanatics. Right. But if I'm there at the team store in spring training, I'm going to go in and I'm going to buy a jersey. To and Try I'm it on.
0: Yeah. For yeah. Sure.
1: And I, I might be alone in that, but that I just feel like it would help if major league baseball did something to incentivize guys getting in and, and signing with teams earlier
0: you're not alone in that uh, going to the team store is a part of my ballpark ritual i don't care what size of the ballpark is i don't care who the team is it doesn't matter i am going to the team store it might be the very first thing i do very likely yeah go through, yeah go through the gate and go to the team store and if you're but, in chase field with me you're, we're gonna go to all three or four levels sorry and that's just fine <laughs>
1: Brad, I will say I'm this, not. though, that like when when it's just Wilson and I,
0: yeah. we don't
1: go because he has to pick up everything. Dad, can I get this? Dad, can I get oh. this? Dad, can I get this? No, we're not getting anything this time. You got something last time. Let's go get your free thing from the kids club.
0: Yeah, I get that's told that all the time. That's exactly how it goes with me. <laughs> Depends on who I'm with, but that's very common. <laughs> Thanks for touching my dark spot again without even knowing it. OK, <laughs> moving on. used to be a talent. Yeah, you're good at that. <laughs> Clayton Kershaw signed for one year with the Dodgers. This is a re-signature, by the way. $20 million for one year. It's like a legacy contract, right? That's what you call yeah. Yeah. What you it. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Robert Suarez, five years San Diego, re-signed $46 million. Rafael Montero, three years with Houston, re-signed $34.5 million. Jose Urania, one year. Colorado, re-signature, $3.5 million. Jesse Chavez, one year. Minor League Baseball deal with Atlanta, $1.2 million. And Nick Anderson with Atlanta, $875,000 for the year. G-Man Choi was traded to Pittsburgh. Good for them, by the way. I don't know yeah. if it's good for him, but it's good for them. He hustles, man. That's the one thing you will never, ever, ever see. Anybody hustle harder than G-Man Choi. I don't know why. When he was playing for the Yankees and we had that year where it was just this revolving door first base thing, nobody outworked G-Man. Nobody. And he just keeps getting better and better. And that man could do the splits. I don't know if he can can. do this. Pretty impressive. (laughs) It is is wildly (laughs) impressive. So I feel like
1: Rafael Montero is like robbing the Astros on this. Like big time. Yeah. He had one good, one good year with them this year. He was terrible. And I, this is the reason I said is He was absolutely horrendous, terrible in Seattle. And I don't know if it's because it was a contract year. So he's like, I got to really work hard and, and play hard to to get my money. And he got it. And then I don't know what he's going to look like next year. Like, maybe he's turned a corner in his career. I don't know. If he has, good for him. That's fine. Bravo. Yes. But seeing three years, 34 and a half with, with that dude, with what he did in Seattle. Yikes. That's a lot of money. And part of it is I feel like because they don't have, I don't, I don't know if it's because they don't have a GM or if that was something that they had already decided before Click left. But. Right.
0: I don't know. That's a really
1: interesting point. If they're just kind of like got an assistant GM who's like, I'm only here for 20 minutes. I'm going to do everything I can during that time to spend How many all baseball the money cards I can, can I
0: collect in 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> He's reading Brian Cashman's notebook. That's what he's (laughs) doing. Yes,
1: that's right. (laughs) This player's
0: rated at 80 out of 100. That's good. That's good, right? 80?
1: 80 is good. Yeah, Yeah. he's sitting there playing the show. Yeah. So this guy's got a high rating. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Like got his Xbox controller out. He's like,
1: okay, let's
0: resign that one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Exactly.
1: Yep. Yeah. Brian Cashman's old school and collecting baseball cards, and whoever is running the show in Houston is playing the show. He's a kid. That's exactly right. <laughs> Just graduated from college.
0: Probably right. obsessing over uniforms like I do. All right, oh, let's move on. got to be. That's, That's all I do. video games, though. Uh, Jacob deGrom in news. This is fascinating to me because I called it. Jacob <laughs> deGrom said he would like to play for the Rangers. He's interested in seeing an opportunity come up there. Okay, so. This is the I told you so dance. Hold on. It is. Very, very well done. Thank you. Why though? For all the reasons I outlined last time. Don't make me repeat myself. Okay. I'll go ahead. Just like give the Reader's Digest version,
1: just for the people who may not have listened to the last episode. The
0: Reader's Digest version is that they are getting ready to go on a tear. It is the furthest thing from a New York marketplace and the fan base and the pressure. And on top of that, I think they're building something special down in Texas that is going to be quiet, but it's going to be awesome. That's what I think is going on. And I think you're right. It's really
1: interesting that it's Texas of all places.
0: Yeah. New ballpark, you know, loyal, yeah, that's true, avidly loyal fan base, but yeah. they're very kind to their people and people who go visit. Like when I went down there, it was, I got treated awesome. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I man. Do, I do think I think you're right about the feeling. new
1: ballpark thing. Having a new ballpark is definitely gonna motivate an ownership group to pay money because they wanna put butts in those new seats. Yep.
0: Wanna and show they want a off. world series to tack onto that paycheck they placked on their wall.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. I would not there are places I would be more surprised, I think, if he ended up than than Texas, but at the same yeah. time. I don't know. I'm curious if he'll take a pay cut just because it's somewhere he wants to be.
0: It's possible. Well, and, you know, he had some shaky – it was a shaky year. He's had injuries the last three years. That's what I'm saying. But even when he was healthy, I mean, he had – I would say 90% of his starts were really good. But there was one or two in there that were like, oh, what happened? So, I don't know. I think that the pressure is going to be lifted a lot being in Arlington. I just think it's a big deal. I don't know. He probably sees it for what it is. And you can't fault a guy for saying this is what's better for me. This right. is the energy I want in my life, or this is the this is the vibe I want in the clubhouse or in the ballpark with the fans or whatever. You can't fault a guy for saying that. And and I think more players, if they base their their, you know, decision making on stuff like that and not just chasing the dollar, probably would be happier and have longer careers.
1: I th- I think you're absolutely right. Uh, you know where another place he would be absolutely beloved, and it is actually a pretty laid back environment. Are you gonna say Seattle? I'm gonna say Seattle. <laughs> 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 if that's what he looking, that's what he's looking for. They got you're him, like,
0: you like know? you dog. You're like, hey man, they check <laughs> it out, dude. We got a little bit of rain, but it's okay because we got to. Right,
1: exactly right. He'll get a ring sooner anyway. So he will. That's true. One year. Yeah not even
0: that less than a year from now this time next year he could be yeah yeah that's awesome and a cy young to go with it i'll bet oh i'm sure he would netball park yeah 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 exactly um let's move on pete rose wrote a letter to rob by the way did you read it i read it I did. I, I I didn't want to.
1: I. You know how many times I skimmed past it, like scrolled past it on my phone to keep from reading it. And then finally, I think you sent it to me. I was like, "All right, I gotta read this." Because I, I said it to about you it. twice. <laughs> you and did I unsent it. I was like, "Oh, I already said that." And so, and so I was like, I was like, "All right, I'll skim it." I read like the first sentence of the first paragraph, first sentence of the paragraph, and then I ended up, or the second paragraph. Ended up reading the third. I ended up reading the fourth. I was like, "Well, at this point, I might as well just go back and read the whole thing." So, <laughs> he tried to get get out of it. <laughs> I
0: tried so hard to get out of it. <laughs> I, I well, what'd you think tired. when you read it, Brad? Tell the baseball family. Summarize it for us. What did he say? Well, he just said,
1: "I mean, basically, my takeaway was, I'm sorry for what I did." I. I want another chance at the Hall of Fame. That's the big thing, is he wants to be in the Hall of Fame. Guys like Roger Clemens, where he's like, I don't care about that. I was out to make money, right? Yeah. Pete Rose wants to be in the Hall of Fame. And I think part of that for him is that adding Hall of Fame to his signature at this point in his life adds value to it. And Pete Rose is really big on that, obviously, as we know, right? Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it. But also, I mean, he worked hard. Charlie Hustle, for sure. He played hard, and he, gambling aside, certainly deserves to be there because he worked hard and played hard on the field all the time to reach his achievements, to be the all time hit king. Yeah. Right. So I get it. And I think, gambling aside, he absolutely deserves to be there. But gambling, I maintain that gambling has been a rule in baseball since like the beginning of time. Basically. And he broke it. And that's been the punishment yeah. because, and this is the other thing too, is that if Pete Rose gets in, shootless Joe Jackson deserves to be in. Immediately. Like yesterday, if that's but the case. Maybe
0: if, you're, if you've are if you already decided Pete Rose gets in, Joe Jackson goes in first and then you can put Pete Rose in the next year. Maybe,
1: maybe if you start considering Pete Rose, you put Joe
0: Jackson in. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, even if it's like, let's have a meeting to see if we're going to let Pete Rose in then mm-hmm. the first thing you do is get sho- Shoeless Joe in there, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He agree. absolutely That's deserves awesome. to
1: be in there because he was like a peripheral – from what I understand, he was like a peripheral player in that group that basically he was thrown into the deal to finalize things so that it was would go through because they wanted an, a big name.
0: They wanted a big name, yep. It's a crime. It's a terrible shame. Yeah. The Joe Jackson thing is a terrible shame. Because yeah. name one of the other eight uh, – one of the eight players. Nobody name can. One. Exactly. Can. And that's why he was carved into that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Look at his performance in that World Series. Just look at it. I dare I anybody to look at it and tell me through the game. Go ahead. Would you look at it? Sometimes you just gotta look at it. Just look at it. You go ahead. I'll sit here. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think about what Peter Rose said though, Brig? I was pandering and and it was it was the closest thing to begging that I think he would allow himself to to I don't want to say stoop to because there's not a there was no sense of stooping in the letter but I do think that it was as near to begging as his pride would allow him to go and before he started to lose face and truly grovel mm. and baseball family don't get me wrong that's not at all how it reads but given the context and the entirety of the situation I think you have to just consider that when he says in the letter I'm 81, I'm super old, I've served my time, please give me just give me another look, just one more chance. Um I think it's I I it's for me it was brimming with sorrow and it had this melancholy plea. It was very sad and I agree with you Brad I think that if you're able to separate the gambling, and we don't know how far back the gambling extended. Maybe he was doing it during his days on the field as a player, but we know it I'm happened sure when he was manager. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was too, because he's an addict, right? And nothing against people who have a battled addiction. I'm right there with you. But what I want to tell everybody is that, just like Brad said, my personal opinion is that that's the cardinal rule. That's there's one major sin in baseball and you you can sit and think that cheating is a sin in baseball but it's not we've that was proven recently yeah, right we know <laughs> we know how cheating is not the cardinal sin of baseball it's gambling on the game it's betting on the game if because you nothing, that, distro- nothing
1: destroys over. nothing will wreck the integrity of the game more than if you have money riding on it other than money earning but if you can fix the outcome of a game to make more money, yeah, every time. Or throw yeah, exactly. But right. Every single time. It's gonna yeah, happen. It's and him bad. saying that he never bet on his team. I'm sorry. But for somebody who does gamble, if I could affect the outcome of a game at all, I'd do it. Would you? I would oh yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I like I have a hard time believing somebody with that much money riding on a game would only bet on his team, especially if he walks into the clubhouse someday and he's like, "Number five's going today. All-star shortstop's got a banged-up knee. Yeah, we're not winning this game. I'm not putting money on my team today." But he's an addict, so he's got to have money riding on it, or else it's empty, right? Right. So yeah, that's why there's like no. I'm like, there's no way he only bet on his team to win.
0: Yeah yeah, I agree with that. I think that's really hard to swallow. Um, but I think for me the biggest thing comes back is the sorrow. He's clearly filled with sorrow. And how could he not be? I mean, this has just right. gone on way too long. And so if there is a chance, then give him a chance. If there's not a chance, then don't then make it very clear right now. If I'm Rob Manfred and I'm the Hall of Fame committee or whomever else might have any say in this decision, I would issue an equally firm statement in response and I would make one at one of one of the two positions very clear, especially if it's no. Thank you for asking. Knock it off. Don't ever. We're not Right. like it. It needs to have a sense of finality to it uh, or, or he's not going to be able to move on. And I think that's the that's the the hu- I don't want to say humane, but that's the that's the kind thing to do is if, if the answer is no, make it firm, set it in stone and be done. So he can be done.
1: Yeah. And I guess my last thing with this whole thing is that you have to set a precedent, right? Like if you come back and you let Pete, Pete Rose into the hall of fame after that, what happens next? Right. Especially with gambling legalized now in the stadiums, like, like, we walk every time we go to Chase Field. We walk up to the like as we walk by the ticket office. There's a Caesars right there. Yeah. So these guys, if they wanted to, they could just walk over to Caesars, place a bet, and then go into the clubhouse and play the game.
0: Or just have somebody do it for them. Or
1: have somebody exactly.
0: Or they have to stand there themselves. And who, who says they're not anyway? You do it on their phone. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. And that's that's the thing is that you have to set a precedent of somebody who's gambling on baseball. Cannot be rewarded with the Hall of Fame because it is like it's worse, in my opinion, it's worse than steroids.
0: It is, and it's easier than it's ever been. Yeah, and steroids, it's getting harder than it's ever been. Right. So, I think for that, just comparing those two, I agree with you. The other thing I will say though is, uh, and this is the last thing for me on it is I'm, I'm, I'm way behind you all the way, I'm right, right. there. I'm like, I got your back on this, because for what comes next in baseball, sorry, Pete. I'm sorry. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with what might happen if we let you in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Absolutely. That sucks. It sucks. All right, moving on. Rookie of the Year announcements have been made, and it's super exciting. Brad, ready? Gambling? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Go ahead, Brad.
1: Just tell him what happened. I placed a bet on Julio Rodriguez back in February. I got plus 1,600 for those 16 to 1 odds. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 16 to 1.
1: I don't think it was that high the next day for Julio Rodriguez to win rookie of the year. And I got it. I hit it. Yeah. That was like the most super dub bet I've ever made in my entire life. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Big but time. that's
0: how far back he called it. It was during the Super Bowl.
1: Yep. Yep. Super Bowl weekend. I made that bet. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're very excited for you, Brad. I'm very excited. Thank you. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> by the way, it was super duh. He beat out Adley Rutchman, who played half the amount of games, by the way, uh, by 80 points. He beat him by 80 points. So congratulations, oh, Julio. Well, so and Adley
1: Rutchman wasn't even a finalist, but I think if he had played the entire season, if if they had brought him up early, like this would have been a really close race.
0: Oh, yeah. No, but, Adley Richmond was a finalist. He was of the top three. I didn't
1: think he was. I thought it was. Um...
0: Oh, he was. Um, okay.
1: Adley Richmond was a finalist. Okay. He
0: was a finalist. He finished second. I think it was it Quan that finished third.
1: Yeah, it had to have been Quan who finished third because he was the other finalist.
0: Okay. Quan finished third with like nine points then because there weren't that many to go around. <laughs> yeah. Quan yeah, finishes third. Okay. I didn't even look up the third place because Adley lost by 80 points. So that's significant. But I, I think yeah. you're right. I think that has a lot to do with, you know, 80 or so games or whatever, mm. which is a very interesting way yeah, to look at it. Okay. He played
1: 113 games this year, Adley did.
0: Okay. So, so. 50 games probably, 40, 45, 50 games. That's not as – he played a lot more well, games. Julio missed
1: thought. some time with injuries. He played 130. So he played 132. So there is a – what's that, a 19-game difference?
0: Yeah, 19, 20, 20 games. That's awesome. Still beat him by 80 points. Okay, I was trying to give Adley some love there, but but only 20 games different, and he beat the snot out of it by 80 points. That's fantastic. And
1: it's because it's because Julio was setting records left and right.
0: Yeah. Julio's phenomenal. In case you he is are, phenomenal. But uh, I think yeah. that
1: these two are going to be the face of the American League in the next few years. It's gonna like anytime the Mariners and the Orioles play, it's gonna be Rutschman versus Rodriguez.
0: Yeah. Well, and and, and Seattle already signed an extension. With Julio. Yes. So, yeah, as long as if Baltimore does the same thing, it'll always be that way. Well, I was going to say, I, don't, I think the only
1: reason that the Orioles haven't signed on with Rushman yet is because he's a catcher. Yeah. That they're not going to sign him for the rest of his life. They're going to be like, well, let's go like a few years and see how your knees hold up.
0: Smart. We'll go from there. Very good. Michael Harris, the second, wins National League Rookie of the Year awards. Very excited for him. He beat out Spencer Strider by 31 points is all. Came in second place. Michael Harris the second National League Rookie of the Year.
1: How about the Braves for having two finalists, though? I know we talked about that before, but that's a big deal. Like, that is, like, big props to their scouting department, their player development department. Like, all that, top to bottom. Good on them for having two guys. And to time it out for those guys to come up this year and be that good. I mean, there's a reason the Braves were as good as they were in the regular season. And probably a reason that they fell apart in the postseason (laughs) maybe maybe a little bit too young on the back end of that team
0: maybe yeah that's not bad having just won a world series
1: last year i don't know
0: but hmm who's to say who is to say not i um so if you're wondering the uh the next uh, there are three remaining awards Manager of the Year will be announced today, the 15th, 6 p.m. Eastern. I believe that's on MLB TV. Cy Young Award, six, uh, Wednesday, the 16th of November, 6 p.m. Eastern, also broadcast. And the MVP that we're all waiting for, Thursday, November 17th, 6 p.m. Eastern. And uh, I'm very excited about that.
1: It is very exciting. And on top of that, we had our Platinum Glove Award winners. Yeah. Um, Go ahead and bring. I know you're very excited about the American League.
0: I really am. So Jose Trevino, who's the backstop in New York, by the way, is the Yankees catcher. Literally phenomenal all season long. Don't run on him because he'll get you. Don't throw a ball in the dirt and expect it to go by because it's not going to go by. Okay. He's like phenomenal. He won a platinum glove, and it's his first ever. Well,
1: not only that. I mean, it's it's his first ever gold glove. Yep. And then for him to win a platinum glove. Because I, I can't think of who the last catcher was to win a platinum glove.
0: I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Like, Yadier, Yadier,
1: Yadier, Yadier Molina. Yadier Molina. Yadier Molina.
0: 2015, uh, Yadi Molina gets his fourth Platinum glove in the National League. Let me go ahead and switch over to the National League because this is a great storyline.
1: Oh, uh, Nolan Segway, Arenado
0: wins his Platinum glove, and let me go through that. So the first Platinum glove was awarded in 2011. That's relevant; has not been around that long. Okay, right. 2011. Here is here's how this goes: Yadier Molina, Yadier Molina in 11 and 12, Andrelton Simmons. 2013, 2014, Yachty Molina, 2015, Yachty Molina, 2016, Anthony Rizzo, 2017, Nolan Arenado, 2018, Nolan Arenado, 2019, Nolan Arenado, 2020, Nolan Arenado, 2021, Nolan Arenado, and this year, 2022, Nolan Arenado.
1: <laughs> they should just name it the Nolan Arenado Award. <laughs> <laughs> it's astonishing.
0: It's fifth. It's crazy. (laughs) Fifth, six. I think it's six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Sixth. He has six platinum gloves in the eleven years the damn thing's been around.
1: Yeah, it needs to be renamed the Nolan Arenado Award. Oh man, because it's
0: not going to be his last. No, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so either. Ah, oh, so good. It's just so good. All right, baseball yes. family, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we are thrilled to bring you an interview with Jesse Cole, owner of the Savannah Bananas. No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with Nine Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com.
1: Welcome back, baseball family. Today we have a very special guest we're very excited about. We have Jesse Cole, the owner of the Savannah Bananas. That's right. Brig and I, huge Bananas fans, along with, I'm sure, most of you listeners welcome jesse how are you today Uh, great guys fired up to be with you excellent we're excited all right so like we the same treatment we give all of our guests jesse's going to get a rundown so we're going to get started here with the first question jesse my first question for you is what is your quest
2: ah my quest is to reimagine and revolutionize the game of baseball awesome
0: what is your favorite color
2: <laughs> <laughs> Even my kids know that, and I have taught yeah. so yellow thousand <laughs> <000%. laughs> percent
1: If the savannah bananas were a beverage, what would they be?
2: ooh, we already have that it's a uh it's our split, our banana cream soda. it's delicious. That sounds, that sounds delicious. Awesome. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> Now, real quick follow-up. Are you going to be selling that? Are you bringing that with you on the world tour, or is that a Savannah exclusive?
2: For a lot of the cities, we can. For a lot of the cities, we can.
1: Awesome. Sweet.
0: Very cool. If baseball were a song, Jesse, what would it be?
2: Opera. Oh
0: yes. That's fantastic. We've never had that
1: answer. And I think I think he's right, Brig. I think I, he's spot yeah, on exactly. With That's yeah. awesome. excellent. What is one unpopular baseball opinion that you have? I'm the only owner of a baseball team that'll say baseball is too
2: long, too slow, too boring. So I know it's unpopular with a lot of baseball fans, but I'm sticking to it.
0: Yeah. I love I think it's awesome. Um, next question, who is your daddy and what does he do?
2: <laughs> There's a lot of ways to answer that, but I'm actually, <laughs> going, I'm, I'm actually going to go with my biggest hero, my actual dad, Kerry Cole, who just turned 74 years old. And, uh, what does he do? He inspires me every day. He's the most positive person in the world. And every day he shows up and ready to have fun. And he used to want to always approach uh, baseball as act like you've done it before. But now he's like, Jesse, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. Keep bringing fun to the game. So I'm still just a kid trying to make my dad proud.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. So good. All right. You were,
2: you were a pitcher, right? Uh, yes. Thank you for the kind words. Yes. I, I, I tried to
1: pitch. Yes. I understand that. Who is one major leaguer you would be able to strike out today? Well, I actually struck out some major leaguers, so uh, you know, very
2: fortunate. So I, I pitched at Wofford College, Division One school, and we played South Carolina regularly. So I, I struck out Steve Pierce, obviously uh, with the Red Sox, won the World Series there. Um, let me see, I struck out a few other, maybe Landon Powell. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me see, Justin Smoke. Nope, he popped up in foul territory on a one-two mm-hmm. changeup. But I've got <laughs> out, I've got out <laughs> some major leaguers back in college, back in the day.
0: Nice, that's wonderful. Nice. All right. My last question is besides original, what is your favorite sunflower seed flavor?
2: I do not choose sunflower seeds. I have one rule when it comes to food. Um, I don't do any food that takes work, like any food that like you have like bones, like bo- like wings with bones. It's just too much work for me. Give me the food so I can eat everything off my plate. Sunflower seeds, you got to do all that work inside. It's too much for me.
0: It's awesome. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's not an unpopular opinion, <laughs> <laughs> very common all right that's our rundown let's
1: take a short break when we get back we're going to get into some of the i guess i guess some of the weeds or whatever i don't know. We'll get into it Jesse perfect. The none there sports podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone every other week. you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports from current events to classic moments and everything in between. You can find the Nottingham Sports Podcast on anchor.fm, Spotify,
0: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back, baseball family. As you know, we got Jesse Cole here. He's the owner, CEO, and yellow tux wearing premier banana chief banana of the savannah bananas how's that is that a good bio for you
2: i, I think yeah i've also heard ringmaster um so very some cool people mascot. Uh, some people think i'm an intern i'll really take anything i'm just happy to be with the bananas <laughs> i thought you
1: honestly the first video i saw i didn't know who you were i was like that guy in the yellow tux that's awesome that's sweet they have an mc but- yep
0: no, I yeah, dig, yeah, I'm I dig, also the
2: dig MC. Dig I, I do a little bit of everything. I'm not your typical owner, let's put it that way.
0: That's yeah, cool. That's awesome. So a few years ago, my late wife and I went down to Savannah to see your show and or game or what and we're, we're gonna get into that. And we had a blast. We're we're up near Wofford College, actually. I'm in upstate South Carolina, and we uh we hit we drove all the way down just to see it. We got the last two available tickets of the entire season planned our trip around when we could come and see you and she was a huge huge fan of yours just loved everything about you read your first book loved it entirely and said brig we got to go down and see these guys and then she got a chance to meet you um you were incognito in the team shop when we were bouncing around the team store and you were doing a little secret shopping and she said is she this the way i heard the story was she approached you and said are you Jesse? And you're like, Shh, yeah, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so Je- Je- I think it's important to establish like, yes, a great story, but you really are involved soup to nuts, top to bottom. You want to make sure that everything you're doing and everything that's going on is on brand for you and your organization. I, we applaud that. It's wonderful. No, oh, thank you. And,
2: you know, I learned so much from Walt Disney. I mean, he did the same thing. He would go undercover. He would walk the park and try to understand what the guests wanted. And he always would go and say, whenever I go on a ride, I'm always asking what's wrong with this thing and how could it be improved? So, yes, I go undercover. I walk, I walk the stadium, walk the park and try to get a feel for how do we make the experience better.
0: Yeah, it's it's really neat. It's really special. Um, we know that you're doing an amazing job and we know that a lot of people are experiencing your version of baseball, your brand of baseball in lots and lots of different ways. One of the questions that I keep having and that keeps coming up is how are purists interacting with with banana ball, with the Savannah Bananas version of baseball?
2: Well, my dad was a purist. Um, Our coaches were purists. Um, A lot of our players were purists. I think everybody that starts as the game, you you know, that's what you grow up as. You play the game the way the game is supposed to be played and you understand right. the conditions and the rules and what it's all about. But as you start to see what's happening with the game and you know, major league games getting longer and you know, less kids falling in love with the game and you ask kids who their favorite athlete is, and none of them are major league baseball players, and you start to see what the game is changing. And so like any entrepreneur or business person, I just saw I saw something and I realized, very important, when you're playing the game, it's a lot of fun. But when I sat and watched the game for the first time, I caught myself being bored. And I think the greatest innovators, the greatest inventors, the greatest pioneers, they create something that they would be a fan of. And so basically, I've been on a mission to create something that I'd want to watch. To be honest with you guys, even in playoffs right now, I can't watch baseball. It's just <laughs> I, I don't have an interest in it. But I can watch banana ball because you never know what's going to happen. There's going to be some crazy highlight or, you know, backflipping catch or umpire doing a dance strikeout call or a pitcher doing a dance into a pitch. It's going to happen almost every hitter. And so I'm intrigued. Yeah. What's going to happen next? We're in baseball, we've seen all that. So I'm just trying to yeah. create some I'd be fan of. And luckily we found millions of people that also enjoy it as well.
0: Yeah, you literally millions, right? And that's. That that leads into my next question, because so we drove five plus hours just to come see you guys. And now you're taking your show on the road. You've got a 2021. You did a one seat, one city world tour, which was brash and wonderful. I loved it. And then twenty twenty two. It was what was it? Twelve cities or something like that.
1: Seven. But thank you for the extra five. Oh, you're
0: you're welcome. (laughs) And now it's what? Thirty three cities where
1: people are like, oh, my gosh, we missed them. Yeah, yeah. 30, and,
2: and- thirty-three cities this this next coming year, and uh, twenty states, and close to half a million fans.
1: Yeah, you're you're coming right down the street from us. We're planning on going. You guys are here in April, so we're, uh, wait, wait, we're which excited. H-C-O stadium, Peoria, Arizona ah yes yes hit in
2: the spring training in arizona we're excited for that great response yeah. to arizona has been very hot for tickets
1: oh i bet it. i see i see Savannah shirts all over the place there was a whole family walking around savannah shirts at my son's little league game the other day i was like man where'd you guys go see him he's like i don't know my parents went and brought me this shirt i was like oh okay right on <laughs> That's yeah. cool. you know, again, but... seven years ago we were sleeping on an airbed seven years ago
2: we only sold right. a couple of tickets my, my wife and i got the call we had to sell our house we were down to our last dollar, and to see you know we're doing hundreds of orders every single day all over the world we have an entire merch department we have a new warehouse of all merchandise and i've heard it's more than nfl teams and some major it's it's crazy um but again that's never been the goal for us our goal is always to make baseball fun and now create the greatest show in sports and uh to see shirts all over the world it's really really special
1: that's awesome so you guys started out as did you start out as the premier team or did you start out as the as the cleveland no, yeah we started
2: Yeah, the lowest level possible. You know, you got major league, triple A, double Mm A, high A, rookie ball, single, you know, all the way. We were college summer baseball. So we started off at college baseball, but, um, you know, we put together a great squad of players, still made the game fun. Players danced. We had the breakdancing coach, the banana baby, the pep band, the banana (laughs) nanas. We had all of that, um, but we had to play traditional baseball. But because we had fun, we won more. And so we won three out of the six championships, won more games than any team. And uh, after six years uh, in the league, we just said, hey, it's it's time to move on because banana ball is the future. and It's what fans want. OK, so you have done away with the collegiate team. You just have your premier team now. Is that right? Correct. We're all in on okay. banana ball. Every game the bananas play from now on will be our two hour time. Banana ball, fan ball, fans catching foul ball for outs, batters stealing first, no bunting from now on.
1: Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. So I actually have a question for you about a banana roll. you, Do you guys have a rule in place that limits the length of an at-bat? Like the number of pitches for an at-bat?
2: No, no. But because of the way the games and the way our players are training and working out, I mean, our first game on ESPN2 in August, our, the game opened by our pitcher striking out a hitter in 10.5 seconds. An entire at-bat in 10.5 seconds, which is less than what wow. normally one pitches in Major League Baseball. Yeah, that's yeah. really fast.
1: That's crazy.
2: Pitchers work fast once hitters can't get out of the batter's box. You leave out of the batter's box, it's a strike. So they're in the batter's
1: box and the pitchers are quick pitching. That's what it should be too. But yeah. I, I had a thought. So I, I've come up with the idea for the seven pitch at bat where – um, so you know, obviously after two strikes, just foul balls are foul balls. But what if you took foul balls and added them to the ball side of the count? And then once it's full, you get two foul balls. And then on that seventh – or I guess you get one more foul ball and on that seventh pitch. In your case, it would be go to a sprint right where is it the batter has to or yeah the batter has to run to second I you lost me on like foul balls and other pitches I got confused so, okay you know, I'm not that so, smart but I'm confused now <laughs> <laughs> so you got a full count right and then yep. from Three-two typically count. from there everybody can foul off however long it takes right yeah you get one free foul ball or even on the next foul ball and then it goes into your sprint it's, it, oh you mean on my, foul ball will actually run yeah. Yeah. So if they hit the foul ball, if it goes out of the stadium or whatever, then they can go to second or whatever. I, Cause yeah. I feel like it gets, it incentivizes the batter to swing the bat on a full count that even if they get a piece of it, then they've got a chance to get on base.
2: Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, I'll think about it. One thing I've learned in in, in in coming up with rules is you confuse, you lose. And less is better.
0: Right. You know, we're, yeah, we're at that.
2: There's a lot of new rules that people throw at me, and I'm very intrigued. But I want people to understand it. And, you know, I mean, when you think, who can explain the infield fly rule? And some of these rules, I mean, Major League Baseball, there's so many rules. And I think it actually hurts fans. I want people to be able to tell what the rules are very quickly.
0: Yeah, we, we do entire segments on rules and stats and different things that are obscure that the casual fan has no accessibility to whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, we had an
1: umpire in Little League mess up a scoring roll the other day. And it was, anyway. It, it, yeah, So not, I get it.
2: You want to make things, simplicity wins. And I learned this from Steve mm-hmm. Jobs. I mean, when he came back to Apple, they had like 20 or 30 different products. He eliminated all but four. You know, he eliminated all but four. And he focused on what he'd be best at. We don't have do any events at our ballpark. We eliminate all of our events. We don't do any sponsorship. We eliminate all the ads from our ballpark. We only have one yeah. ticket that we sell. I mean, we try to make it so simple so people can experience what we're the best at.
0: Yeah, and I love the exclusivity of it as well. You, I mean, you got four thousand people—that's that, max capacity at, at your stadium, right?
2: In Savannah, and that's why we've expanded to go to now ten thousand, twelve thousand, fifteen thousand seat stadiums all over the country. Cool. So there is a game in Banana Land. Yeah, we're we're max, max, max capacity, but uh, we've been meeting with Major League teams, so we'll still be doing you know thirty five thousand, forty thousand, and expanding out from there.
0: That's amazing. We're trying to go to Kanopolis when you guys head up here, so that's I'll where like we're Annapolis. waiting. He's the closest.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah, on a weeknight. So. And uh, they're very excited. That demand has been very high, too. There might be less than 500 tickets for that game. Wow! wow.
0: Yeah. yeah, so as soon as they come out, I want to know, and I'm already signed up on the email list and everything, yeah. so that yeah, I can so it's make sure all, we get it. All
2: groups now and K clubs. When people say, "How is the game almost sold out?" Like I know Scott's is probably sold already five thousand. We have a K club, which is our exclusive before the lines open up, and we have four thousand. We sold that out. So, and then we have groups. So any group ten or more. So if you have a group of ten or more, you can actually secure tickets now, and that's how that's how we're getting to those numbers. And then the presale okay. list, there's tickets available. So that's the ins and the outs of how we're doing it. So you're saying
0: that if I don't get in with a group right now, I might not be able to get to a game in Canapolis because they might max out.
2: I, I would say I would say we could always add another game in Cannapolis. So we're always <laughs> gonna try our goal is to make sure the list, like for instance, in Sugarland, Texas, the list is seventeen thousand individuals want to get tickets in Sugarland. Uh, the request for group tickets is over thirty thousand. So we've already wow. basically sold out what we have. So we're going to have to add other games or find another way to try to at least give the list a shot. So we're fair. Yeah. And that's what we're working on.
0: Wow. Amazing. Yeah, that that's incredible. That is I, amazing. I, I have to process that for a minute because
2: that's <laughs> I'm processing. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I was told by our president, you know, we're, we, we just made our live draft announcement two weeks ago, which was uh, crazy. It shut down our website, 28,000 unique viewers watching it. And he told me today, 45% of all of our tickets are gone. I was like forty five percent. He's like, I'm like, that's a half million. He goes, yeah, they're already gone. I'm like, we haven't even put tickets on sale. He goes, well, to groups into the K
1: Club, they took a bunch. Wow,
0: yeah. holy cow, That's
1: insane. So, so go ahead. Brad. I, I'm I'm curious how you're putting together your team then for this. So, like, do you have your just your one team that goes and and I'll get into the party animals in a little bit, but I'm curious about the bananas themselves. Like, how do you find the guys who want to come play with you? Is it do you have people knocking down your door saying, I want to be a banana, or do you? Follow college baseball and find guys who are graduating who aren't going to, you know, get drafted or whatever. Not at first. No one wanted to play
2: for a team named <laughs> after a fruit. Are you kidding me? A team that <laughs> dances and named after the fruit? No, not, not not happening. Now, yeah, we get reached out to by over fifteen hundred players a year, and we've built a nucleus. So um, we're very fortunate, uh, you know, and, and we're really not putting together one team. We're putting together two teams, and right. everything we do is a test. You know, the biggest thing that I realize is that we're not looking for the best baseball players in the world. We're looking for the most entertaining players in the world, the most fun players in the world. And what I argue will be the most talented because these guys in their practices, they practice how to do backflip catches, how to catch balls bare hand, how to do through the legs. They work on tricks, pitching, strikeout moves and things that you've never seen before on a baseball field. So they're doing things that I think major leaguers would take time to learn because it's just so against tradition of doing things. So, uh, yeah, we've built a nucleus. I mean, we've got guys who've been on tour with us the last few years who played in our college team, and we brought two or three guys from our college team last year that graduated that, you know, one guy literally never did a backflip in his life and said, I'm going to learn how to do a backflip catch in the outfield. And first game on ESPN, boom. Fly, <laughs> fly ball, center field, goes back, catches the ball like, back like this, full backflip, and lands it. And I'm like, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen on a baseball that's field. That's amazing. And, and, and these guys are all learning it. And I'm like, they yeah. just learned that in a couple of weeks. I can't wait till next tour. So then he obviously made the team. Dr. Meadows, he's amazing. Um, and so we're bringing all these guys that are learning these tricks, which is exciting.
0: So we've been following J.T. Olsen and his MLB. Oh, Jackson. Uh, Jackson, yeah, yeah and his, his tour and everything. And then now he's with you guys. And it's guy. it, he's having a dream come true. Like he's living out all his dreams. So what I see is you're you're giving opportunities for the fans we're experiencing baseball in a new way we're experiencing entertainment in a new way we're experiencing even new cuisine at the ballpark in a totally new way your your trash ba- your trash pail nachos are amazing um or you survive can kids. nachos you know, or whatever
2: it feeds, it feeds a family of whatever they're like 3500 calories you survive those
0: <laughs> yeah Boy, my wife and know. i did yeah, it was intense.
2: How about you? Tough night, maybe later at, at the hotel. But okay, I'm glad. I'm glad yeah, you made it.
0: it was super <laughs> tough. <laughs> and when we were down there, by the way, your staff came and they said we always can find the new person that's never been here before. And my wife and I were both called onto the field to do mid inning festivities oh, and games wow. and stuff. It was nuts. And they said we don't know. We just have, we always gravitate toward the people. It's their first time, and and they Love were bang on. It was great. So, but my question is, how are you, you must be diversifying your time and your attention in so many ways because you're, you're producing a terrific show. You're engaging the fans. You're speaking, you're, uh, you're doing this with us. You've got books coming out. You're recording your audio book right now. I've got your book right here. Fans first. Thanks. I am digging this. I'm not all the way through it, admittedly, but like, where do you get all the time and energy and, and. And what, is this, what does support look like at home for you? Because I know your wife is incredibly supportive and she's all on board all the time. Oh, Emily's
2: amazing. And that, that's that's a whole nother story. I mean, we're foster parents as well. So we have two foster daughters, a biological son. We have two four-year-olds and a baby that are just turned one. So our life is... Uh, Upside down in a lot of ways, so we were just literally had to do a CPR class last year. You have to get you know certified again to be foster parents every year, so we got to do forty hours of all that and going into court cases and back and forth and visits. So our life is crazy. And yes, speaking, I'm very fortunate. You know, I'm speaking to billion dollar companies. I'm flying out every week for a day, fly back to be with the kids. Um, but you know, the biggest, I think you asked something. You mentioned their energy. Yeah, the best thing I've learned. The best thing I've learned is. Throughout my life and in business and everything I'm doing, when I'm burnt out, when I'm tired, when I'm exhausted, when I'm not in a good mood, when I'm not doing things well, it's very simple. I look at my calendar and what I'm doing is I'm doing things that don't give me energy. Jesse, how do you have so much energy? Well, now I created my energy list and I do things that give me energy. So I look at every given day and I follow through on those. So for instance, my energy list is creating, sharing, and growing. Right now, I'm creating, sharing, and growing with you guys. I'm sharing what we're doing. I'm creating something new with you guys that's going to go out into the world. And I'm growing because I'm learning about you, learning about your audience. And, and that's, that's hitting the trifecta. Speaking wow. is the same thing. Talking with our team is the same thing. Every morning, writing down 10 ideas is the same thing. Listening to Mark Cuban, Bob Iger, listening to uh, great creators every morning. That is the growing, creating, sharing. I do that every single day. So that's what fires me up. That's what keeps me going. And for the things that don't give me energy, I hired an executive rock star and i invest in i invest all my money anything that comes in and things that don't give me energy so i don't look at my schedule i'm so fortunate she sends me taylor's amazing every morning i get a full update i think i had 7 interviews today so i boom i go on i see it i got the link i'm here with you guys and i'm going to rock and roll i don't need to worry about schedule i don't need to worry about the details i don't need to try to find where is the link for this and so i get to do the things that fire me up and i think if we all do that we're going to change the world because we're going to be doing it better than anyone else because we're going to give so much energy to it and that's what i'm so fortunate to be able to do
0: And you're translating that to your fans because we all feel like I'm sitting here. I can feel it right now. When I read your book, I can feel it. When I was at the stadium, I could feel it. That how do you get that magic?
2: Well, again, leaders, you know, great leaders are great communicators. Great leaders are repeaters. And I think it's so important. So many people are trying to recruit, 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 recruit. We're all about attracting. Mm. I share and I scream from the mountaintops who we are and what we stand for. I don't know what's in our account right now. I don't know about our revenue, profit, sales. I could care less, but I care about creating fans. I, create about creating, I care about creating the greatest show in sports. And I talk about that all the time. And luckily guys like Jackson Olson and Dalton Malden and all these amazing, Jake Peavy and Josh Reddick and Jonathan Papelbon and all these guys that are joining us, they are attracted by it. And once they see it, I think we all wanna be around people that have energy and have passion and have love for what they do because it rubs off on us. So if I'm like that, and we attract those people, all of a sudden it's an energy ball that's just coming at you, and you're going to feel it in the stadium. And we don't just have 30-player performers. Whether we're in Savannah or another bigger ballpark, we have 4,000 or 10,000 people that are part of the show. As you know, everyone danced Hey Baby. Everyone's singing. Everyone's a part of the experience. And that's what I think makes our show unforgettable.
0: It's true. I love that. That's
1: it. fantastic. Yeah. Exactly. So I have a couple questions for you about the party animals. Do you own that team as well? Or are they, somebody else who brought them in to just be like the Washington generals for you guys? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we developed that other team. Um, biggest difference, the generals,
2: they win and they're very good and they beat the bananas and it is not a rigged game. So they are very talented. They have some unbelievable players, um, great content producers, and they're going to surprise a lot of people on the store and we're going to continue to build them. I think there's going to be cities that want them. As their own team, I think we're going to build yeah. something that's going to be very interesting um, because they're they're building fans and they're selling merchandise, and we're going to have full merchandise tents of their stuff this year because of the demand.
1: That's wow. really cool. Because I think I think the idea of the party animals being like the villains and kind of like what you see on what I see on TikTok is like they're like the jerk team, whereas the bananas are obviously like the hometown heroes, right? I and wouldn't say they We're the, over the top.
2: I we're over still the top. Friendly. They are. Sure. They are. They will have pizzas delivered to the outfield in the middle of the game. They will chug energy drinks from the mound. They—they're <laughs> yeah. crazy, is what they do. Yeah, they're
1: fantastic right. though. I, I love the energy that they—that they, that they yeah. give off. So, do you ever have guys who want to jump over from the party animals to the to the bananas, or is oh, it yeah, like yeah. I'm a party animal through and through?
2: It's—it's it's vice versa now. I mean, again, I think. It was tough the first tour because the bananas get all the love. You know, we have the five million social media followers. The party animals don't have that. They're barely starting their social media. So guys know that and I have to play the part as the owner to give all the love to the bananas. I can't give the love to the party animals publicly because it just goes against our whole storyline, everything we're doing. So it's it's right. tough. But now the party animals have owned that. I mean, we, we're developing a, unbelievable pink suspender uniforms for them. We got a great partnership with merchandise that's going to be outrageous. We, we dolled out their locker room in black and pink with strobe lights. And, and so we are sending a lot of love their way. And certain guys just like that. Certain guys are all in on that. But I think uh, there's some bananas that are like, yeah, I'm a party animal. I mean, Eric Burns, for instance, our head coach this past year we'll see what happens He's definitely
1: a party animal Yeah. We'll see what happens but yeah. i think you may be a
2: party animal so we'll see what happens there's a lot of, a lot of things that are going to come out and i think you know we could have a not only just a mid-season trade there could be a during game trade that could happen between the teams we'll see what happens
0: oh, that would be cool that would be really cool <laughs> talk about breaking rules that's one of your things right like do the opposite of whatever ex- is expected do the opposite of what's normal
2: 100 yeah whatever's normal do the exact opposite no one gets excited how was your day pretty normal that was a normal day yeah i met the most professional person today it was so professional like we don't get excited about normal <laughs> professional. we get excited about unique memorable and different and so we're trying to own that with everything we do
0: well yeah. a mid-game trade would would qualify for sure <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, might might as well tune in this year we're gonna do a we're gonna do some crazy
0: things like that now That's you've got really tryouts cool. coming on on the 19th right
2: you're on your game, man. I think we released that like two hours ago. I'm very impressed. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, it's going to be invite-only tryout. Um, we're, we're trying to be more strategic now. But uh, yes, we will have a special invite-only tryout. And you know, for these guys to come on tour for eight months to be superstars, they're legends, and to be paid more than any other minor leaguer. So we're, we're paying very well. We're taking care of these guys. And they are rock stars. When they go into a city, people are going to know. And it's special. So we're looking for a few more uh, talented, entertaining players.
0: Is there, is there are there any specific,
1: specific positions? Yeah.
0: Go ahead, Brad.
1: Well, I was, just, I was curious if there's anything in particular that you look for in a guy. Is it just the willingness to play banana ball and then also like a, like obviously the skill set to be able to play the game at a unique level? Or is it like somebody needs yeah, to come with a gimmick?
2: Yeah, you know, it, 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 it's flair. It's fun. Um, and it's talent. I mean, you have to you, you, you can't play the game at a low level. You have to be able to be at the professional level. But what else can you do? Can you do, you know, can you break? Did you have a background in karate? Can you break boards over your head before coming up to bat? You know, do you have a background in dance? Can you do the cha-cha-cha coming up bat? You know, what other skill sets do you have? Um, Juggling, backflips, tumbling. um, You know, what other skill sets do you have that we can combine that? You know, Zach, our director of entertainment, was actually a professional in ballet. And so he almost broke the internet when we had him coach first once because our our dancing co- uh, base coach wasn't there, and he started doing the whole all the moves. Well, and people were like, "That's the most impressive ballet we've ever seen." And like Jennifer Gardner posted, and everyone started posting. So I was like, Zach, I love that. Do it coming up to bat. And he him up to bat, and I was like, Zach, can you do a split? He goes, Yeah, I can do a split. I was like, Come up to bat and do a full split. You'll have the smallest strikes on ever. He does that, then steals first. I was like, Zach, can you do that pitching? He's like, Might as well try. And he tried, and he didn't get it yet, but he's going to be back. So. We look for those things. I mean, stilts, when he showed up, he's an average ball player, high school baseball player. He wasn't at the baseball level. But we're finishing the first tryout and he goes, I brought my stilts. And I go, oh. And he goes, I I go, can you hit in them? He goes, I never have. I go, well, let's see. And he goes in the batting cage with stilts, starts taking BP and starts hitting the ball. And he made the team because of that. So if you have a skill set and we see it, and now he's a legend. He's got millions of views on all his stuff, pitching, hitting. We put him at first base, struggling at first. It could never
0: get down. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, didn't work out
2: well. We do to it out. But uh, it's, it's all part of the experimenting. So we want guys that have one very unique skill set but can also play baseball at a high level, and then we'll see how we can combine them.
1: That's really That's cool because baseball is hard enough as it is. I can't imagine yeah. doing that other stuff. Like- well, yeah, like
2: our trick pitcher. This one guy who literally worked on juggling can throw strikes through his legs can throw and get into a handstand, looking backwards, up, upside down, and throw the ball underhand for a strike. It's unbelievable. Matt Wolf, the trick pitcher, and he was covered in Banana Land, our ESPN series. And, you know, of course you're going to make the team. You're doing things no one's ever done before in a baseball field. You fit right in with us.
1: That's awesome. I have one more question. I'm just curious, speaking of ESPN, what was it like when ESPN approached you and said, hey, we want you? How did, like, how did that go? And what was that like for you?
2: <laughs> well, you got to stay, the long, you gotta stay the long journey before till you get to that moment. I mean, uh, 2018, the first uh, production companies came to us and we signed a contract with them. And we pitched and, pitched and pitched and pitched and pitched and had rejection after rejection and rejection. We had over 100 rejections. So finally, when ESPN they did a big story on us in 2021, they said they wanted to do a Sports Center feature. So they brought down David Bellinson and Rumor Production Company. They did a seven minute Sports Center piece. It was outstanding. Social media went nuts. It took off. And then we started pitching ESPN cover us for a whole tour, see what happens. Nah, we've never done anything like this. This is, your name, you're not Tom Brady. You're not Derek Jeter. You're not Michael Jordan. I know, but we're the bananas. And so sent videos in, try to connect with them, try to connect, try to connect. And I remember I was riding to lunch with my, uh, with my wife, Emily. And all of a sudden from David, the producer at, Bal- uh, at Rumor, he texts us, boom. And I'll call me. He goes, they said yes. I go, no, they didn't. He goes, Jesse, here's the email. They said yes. And I got emotional. I got emotional. I mean, four or five years of this, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I can't believe that ESPN has given this little team in Savannah a chance. And the rest is history. It's one of the biggest shows they've ever done. Uh, Huge ratings, done very well. And they're still getting tons of views. And uh, it's pretty exciting to see what's happening.
0: That's very cool. Well, Jesse, we know you got to go. You got a bunch of stuff to do. But we want to thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate the energy, the insight, and everything you bring to the table. Is there anything you want to make sure our baseball family knows before you leave? (laughs)
2: just keep making baseball fun you know i think whatever anyone who's playing anyone who's watching let's don't be afraid to challenge the way things are done let's celebrate more let's enjoy the great moments that's what we're going to remember we're not going to remember all the home runs the doubles we're going to remember the time we have with our players our teammates and the fans so hopefully everyone keep making the game fun and we'll do our best to keep it going as well
0: that's wonderful jesse we'll have you on again but we appreciate your time man thank you so much thank Thank you you guys a lot of fun